The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Are You Afraid 1984, the unofficial American Horror Story 1984 podcast, a com original series, Poppy Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Thursday, September 26th, 2019, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of the FX series, American Horror Story 1984. Please welcome my co-host, Madison Fitzpatrick. Hello, guys. Welcome to almost day one of the first day of camp. I know, right? Well, let's get into it. Let's jump into our recap of Season 9, Episode 2, which was titled Mr. Jingles and aired September 25th, 2019. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Darkness descends upon the camp. Although it's lights out, evil has no curfew. Bum, bum, bum. All right, Maddie Fitz, what was your initial reaction to episode two? Um, honestly, I found it a little uh, fast. Um, everything that was going on was a little jarring to me. Um, and I also had to really think about this episode was, is this what I'm actually seeing? Is this actually going on? Uh, is it just hallucinations? Are these people really here? Um, it was a lot of mind boggling things that were going on. Um, I liked it because of course, like I liked the theme of this season, but it went a little too fast in my mind. What about you? You know what? It is going by fast, and it's giving me a lot of Roanoke vibes because of it. Because the Roanoke episodes, I believe, out of all of the American Horror Story season episodes, like every single episode period, I feel like the Roanoke season has the shortest episodes. Like, the the, the actual length of the episode. Like, I don't even mm-hmm. think... They were 40 minutes, and, and typically an hour show on television, minus the commercials, is about, like, let's say 42 minutes. I feel like the Roanoke episodes were coming in in, like, the 30s, like 37 minutes and that kind of stuff. So I, I did not do an episode, or not an episode, but um, a minute count for this episode, but it did go by fast. There was a lot of action. There were a lot of revelations, which was really interesting. It did make me question how this season is going to play out much like you, Maddie. I was also questioning like, what is real? What isn't real? Who is this? Who is that? What's going on? But it also made me question like, 
is this season going to span over one night? Kind of like how Roanoke, uh, the second half of that season, spanned over a night. Um, we'll, I, I do feel like that we will be getting a twist at some point. I, I just feel like it's, it's obvious, um, especially because, and this is something that I discovered, the sixth episode of the season is the 100th episode of American Horror Story. So I feel like something has to happen in the sixth episode that's going to shake things up, uh, possibly. Uh, You know, we've been sort of spoiled with these damn twists every season, ever since Roanoke, actually. So uh, I think we're all expecting it. It'd be funny if they don't do a twist this season. But I feel like there has to be something coming, something special for the 100th episode. So stay tuned for that, listeners. But um, because of that, and because it seems like maybe this is all going to span one night, um, at least for the first half of the season, uh, I am intrigued by what they're going to do next. So, uh, yeah. But uh, all that is to say, I really did enjoy it. It was a very rewatchable episode. I'm here for this season. And uh, it's fascinating because... um, there are a lot of people that are not liking this season online. Uh, you could kind of say that for every season of American Horror Story, it's one of the sort of, um, what would you call it, the curses of an anthology type of show. Every season there's a different theme, different location, different mythology. And so some people will either really like it or some people are going to not. And uh, hearing people sort of like really hate on it, but then seeing like the passion of people like give it props is it's very fascinating to see in the comment section of uh, many popular websites so uh, before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of american horror story 1984 here's our announcer with a few special announcements follow poppy chula radio on social media we are on facebook instagram twitter at poppy chula radio do you have any questions suggestions comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for Are You Afraid? 1984 and subscribe thanks announcer so let's start at the very beginning a very good place to start let's start with the cold open because we got our first death in the cold open we were introduced to uh, uh, dr hopple in the previous episode and uh well, she's gone by, before the opening credits started. Although this is American Horror Story, so is anybody ever really dead? And is anybody ever really gone? You know, with the with flashbacks and all that kind of stuff that uh, tend to happen throughout a season. But uh, certainly it appears as if the good doctor died. And, and at least, well, before we get even, before we even get into the mythos of, of what we were introduced to this episode, it looks like she's dead, dead. Um, so she goes to the camp. She basically is there to warn uh, Margaret about uh, Mr. Jingles escaping. And Margaret is basically like, no, we're still going to open the camp. Everything's fine and dandy. I got my little pistol here and I'm ready to go for when I... F- 
meet Jingles face to face. And this time around, Jingles isn't going to make it out alive, is basically what she said. Hopple's basically like, you're crazy. Uh, I'm going to go to the police. And uh, she goes, or she drives away. She, um, her, what do you call it? Her, her tire pops. And um, she, she's like, she's, she's, she, she's, freaking out um a car is behind turns out it's a tow truck and uh she's like oh it's lucky that you're here and whatnot and it turns out it is mr jingles and um mr jingles takes her out of her car basically tells her you're right you know i am a monster and uh, he kills her so, let's talk about this. Maddie Fitz. What did you think of the opening? Uh, were you surprised that they killed the good doctor so fast? And uh, what did you think of uh, Margaret's uh, response to the doctor? Um, yeah, I was a little surprised that they killed her so quickly. I thought that she was going to be have a bigger role. Um, and obviously, like, way more information that we got from her. Um, and... Because of our theory last week, I kind of wasn't surprised at all at Margaret's um, reaction to it. So I kind of figured that she was going to react that way. Um, but yeah, kind of sad that they killed her off so quickly. I know, right? Yeah, um, I have I have ideas and I feel like I got a bit of a confirmation about Margaret in this episode. So... I will just say I was um, surprised that the good doctor died, and uh, it was a really cool death, though. I mean, it was very, very 80s uh, of it, you know, with the gore, and um, I don't know, with, with the gore and, like, the camera angles and that kind of stuff, I I really, really liked it. It was pretty damn awesome. And, uh, yeah, it, it was just cool. Uh, it was very 80s, um, just everything about it. Margaret's reaction was fascinating, though. So, uh, I, um, I, yeah, I, I guess I should just leave it there because I have so much to say about Margaret. But we're not there yet. So, moving right along, uh, we had an interesting revelation from one of our characters. So, Brooke confides in Montana about, like, just the tragedy that seems to follow her. And we learned that last summer she was going to get married, but um, her fiancé ended up freaking out at the altar, thinking that she slept with, um, with his best friend. And uh, they were saving each other for marriage and all this kind of stuff. But um, she, you know, denies it. The friend denies it. And uh, the fiancé ends up shooting the friend, shooting Brooke's father, and then committing suicide by shooting himself in the face and, um, you know, bloodying up her wedding dress because he said she doesn't deserve to wear white. What did you think of that? And what did you think of um, Montana's reaction to it, as well as the near kiss? Um, 
I thought the wedding was a little crazy. Um, definitely was not what I expected because I initially did wonder what happened um, with Brooke since she did have the engagement ring uh, last episode. Um, I did not expect him to shoot everybody. <laughs> um, so that was intense. And of course, this is why she's like, you know, so paranoid and freaking out and stuff like that. So definitely explains her mannerisms. Um, but yeah, I was not expecting that. That was insane. Yeah. It was very Kill Bill for a moment. It was also very 80s. Yeah, for with, sure. With like the blood and mm-hmm. um, just everything. Uh, it, it was uh, shocking. It was something that I really didn't expect. Uh, but it was still ridiculously over the top in the best way possible i would say yeah yeah it was just it was so over the top but so good and i don't know if it really explains a lot about brooke's current state of mind but it was interesting that trauma and and tragic events do seem to follow her Uh, i wonder if that's a hint at something and uh, do you believe that that she was faithful yeah i i think i do Okay. Yeah, she doesn't seem like that type. Yeah, I I agree with you too. I yeah, I think she was faithful as well. But man, good grief, that was that was nuts. What about the near kiss? I don't know. It's it was a little weird just because like Montana already said like that she's not she doesn't swing that way, but so she's just friendly. But I don't know. Maybe like she was just drunk or I don't know. It didn't seem like Brooke was like hugely upset with it. Like she didn't react like in like dude, what the hell are you doing or anything? She's just like, I need, just, I need to go outside. <laughs> like, it was kind of weird, um, but it obviously didn't surprise me, I don't think, between the two characters. Okay. I I don't know if just because she said that she's not a les, it doesn't mean that she might not have bisexual tendencies. Yeah, one. for sure. Uh, so uh, seeing that come out was interesting. I wonder if um, if, if something will happen between them. Let's be honest. Uh, it, it might be kind of interesting. Uh, it, it is fascinating to see sort of like the different couplings sort of happen here. Uh, clearly, I mean, she had a thing with um, with uh, with Trevor, and uh, later on in the episode, we learn that Ray seems to have a thing for Brooke. In the previous episode, it looked like Brooke might have had a thing for Chet. So it's it's like this whole you know, just cesspool of sex that seems to be happening with, like, the couplings, different uh, people having, um, like, uh, you know, uh, different, um, just the different pair-ups are really interesting. Uh, It's it's kind of fascinating. So, uh, let's see, where should we go next? Well, let's talk about the major revelation that we got with Xavier, because we were wondering about Xavier in the previous episode, and we got the full rundown in this episode. His past came back to haunt him, and his past was also eliminated, just like that. So, we learn that apparently Xavier was um, a drug addict, and he was picked up off the side of the streets or in the, off the outside of a park and cleaned up by this man, um, Blake. 
and uh, we don't fully know the extent of their relationship, um, just because Blake ends up dying. Um, but uh, it seems as if either Blake was his sugar daddy or something, or maybe Blake was a um, a porn producer of some sort, because um, he ended up getting Xavier to star in gay porn, even though Xavier says he, he's not gay, and then the guy's like gay for pay and that kind of stuff. And uh, Blake is trying to get um, Xavier to star in another one and he's blackmailing him basically saying you know i i know what you're trying to do with your acting and whatnot like i'm going to mail a copy to all your friends and your employers and this that or the other so he's basically back blackmailing him into um into starring in another one but uh xavier sort of finds out a, a, a means in which that he can kind of get out of being blackmailed, and that is by introducing Blake to someone even bigger, even better. And so he takes them to uh, where the the guys are showering, and there's a little um, little uh, uh, peephole, and uh, he looks in at Trevor. He's very impressed. But before anything can even happen, and before this whole um, uh, plan of Xavier can come to fruition, well, first off, Xavier flees, but um, Blake ends up getting killed, and um, and everyone finds him, everyone freaks out, they see that his ear has been chopped off, so this leads to confirmation that Mr. Jingles is out there, and initially... Initially, Xavier denies knowing the guy, but then later on, as he's having a moment of freakout, he confesses that he did know him, although um, he didn't really, um, what would you call it, um, he didn't uh, really go deep into exactly how they know each other. So, Maddie, what did you think of this revelation with Xavier, and what did you think of Blake's death? Um... It obviously um, filled in some holes that we were missing, like who had called him. Um, you know, is he gay? Um, we obviously we figured out those questions. Um, I do believe that, you know, um, Blake did find him on the street and basically was like, you know, let me clean you up. I can make you a star like you want to be. Um, you just have to do this one film type thing and I'll take care of you. So. Um, obviously like, you know, Blake has him wrapped around his finger and that's what he was running away from. So, you know, we did figure out, we figured out like two people's backstories. We figured out Brooke's backstory of why she's running away from something. And we have now Xavier's, um, backstory of who he's running away from as well. Um, but the fact that Blake got blown off so easily already is kind of like, whoa, 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 like, we were just introduced to this character and now he's dead. Like, like, I don't know. That's what I mean about how I was like, wow, this is like really fast. Um, but I don't know. Like, we'll see. Obviously this is finally his death is something that 
everyone was like, oh my God, shit's actually real. And Brooke's not just like losing her mind. Um, so I think his death obviously sparked something in the whole chaos. Um, but I'm wondering if this whole season is going to be like this night. Like, what about the kids coming tomorrow? Or is like the whole season going to be like this one night of them all together? You know what I mean? So I wonder about that. Um, but yeah, I'm very, very interested in seeing what's going to happen. But yeah, I'm kind of pissed that Blake got off so easily. Yeah, I think this night will cover like the first five episodes. Yeah, I think that's currently my theory. Much like the second half of Roanoke was all one night, I feel like this first half of the season is going to be all one night. I feel like that is just the thing that makes the most sense. Like, I don't think we're going to have kids that are going to be killed. Uh, Like, uh, I think um, the reason why a lot of our main people haven't died yet is because they want to save if there are going to be major deaths from any of our current um, sort of crop of main characters. uh, They're going to save them for like those maybe final two episodes in this first half of the season. So like episodes four or five or something like that. Um, Yeah, I think that's why they're also killing off a lot of the side characters and like these sort of um, just minor role people so that they can save some of the main people for later on. I don't know if everyone's going to survive. I don't know if half is going to survive. I don't know if there will be just one final person. But um, I'm I'm here for it. Uh, it's going to be a, a long night for these people. Blake did get off easy, in a sense, or not. I don't. I don't even want to say Blake. I think Xavier got off easy, you know, because he it seemed like he was really um, freaking out about, uh, you know, the sort of gay porn pass coming out, and um, the fact that Blake just up and died. I thought that was uh, a a very uh, nice way to sort of wrap up his whole uh, uh, mysterious past that we were introduced to in the previous episode. So, um, let's see. Um, well, also, I, I will say that um, the, the th- sort of... Um, his storyline in particular is very interesting because of when this takes place. It takes place in the 80s. And there are some a couple of actors that, that did start off doing either gay porn or porn, even if it's small bit roles and that kind of stuff. So... That storyline is uh, apropos for the time, as well as um, actual Hollywood history. Uh, I mean, you can Google Sylvester Stallone, and uh, you'll find out that he starred in uh, a little something-something at some point early on in his career. So, uh, let's see. Let's continue on, and uh, let's talk about Richard Ramirez. So... Richard Ramirez shows up, uh, uh, it it actually happens when uh, Brooke is out, she's taken a bit of fresh air, the lights are all turned off, Uh, we see uh, Margaret flips a switch, and so it's lights out for the entire camp, and she's out by the dock, and um, she's just waiting her feet in the water, and she feels something down there, she sees a dead body, she turns around, and there's the night stalker and um you know there there's a little bit of back and forth how'd you find me this that the other you know i told you he 
show me the way and that kind of thing and there's a chase and she manages to escape but Richard runs into Jonas our little hiker from the previous episode and I was surprised because it looked like Jonas had died in the previous episode but I guess he was alive I guess maybe you know he he was still a little bit alive because he's alive here and Richard Ramirez does his thing and ends up killing him and uh he even says uh, uh, um Jonas is like you know I'm not supposed to die here and uh he gets killed but then when Richard Ramirez turns around there he is alive again and uh Richard Ramirez is confused Jonas is confused and uh Richard Ramirez ends up killing him once again and he ends up looking at his little name tag his name is Jonas it said 1970 on it and uh when Richard Ramirez turns around once more Jonas disappears so let's talk about this first because i feel like the whole Richard Ramirez Margaret conversation can be its own fucking thing um so uh well let's let me tag on here um Margaret's conversation well no I'm trying to think cuz I'm I'm trying not to go too deep ahead. Let's let's just <laughs> There's do There's so that. much that happened. I know there really is a lot that happened. Let's pause. Let's pause. Let's pause. Okay, let's let's just talk about this cuz I feel like we can have an entire conversation about this. So, with this sequence, we have found out that much like other American horror story seasons, uh ghosts are a thing here clearly because Jonas was alive and then dead and then alive and then dead and then disappeared. So ghosts are a thing here in 1984. And uh, if they had all follow the same rules that we were introduced to in Murder House, the ghosts are sort of tethered to a location. And um, yeah, so they sort of haunt the location in which they died. And because the kids brought the body to uh, the camp, uh, um, Jonas is no longer tethered to that road. He's now tethered to sort of like the campgrounds, it appears. An interesting little note, uh, Jonas is, uh, gosh, what is the word? Anagram? Is that what you call it when you can mix the word, the letters up to make another word? Um, yeah. I think. Let's go with that. Okay. Jonah... All of our listeners are like, no, it's this. I know. Is it an anagram? Because Jonas would be an anagram for Jason. Yes, it is an anagram. Thank you, Google. Jonas would be an anagram for Jason. And and this is the slasher season, you know? Like Jason, like Freddy and Jason? Like, like Jason Voorhees. So I think it's just an homage. It's like a little wink because this is the slasher season. But I thought that was kind right. of cool. Mm-hmm. So, talk to me about this revelation with Jonas and Richard Ramirez. What did you think of it? Did this kind of, not necessarily blow your mind, but you were like, oh, okay, so ghosts are a thing here. Kind of weirded me out a little bit, um, but at the same time, it's like I'm not surprised because like we did have so many people die um, at this camp. Um but the fact that he's showing up multiple times and, like, you can touch him and everything, like, because there's different levels of, I guess, like, 
how you can perceive ghosts or experience them, I, I suppose. So the fact that everybody can actually see him, touch him, and everything like that, it's I guess it's like a different level of ghost that we're seeing. Um, but it didn't surprise me uh, that there are ghosts in the season, like I said. But him being a ghost was a little weird because I thought it, he was going to be tying back to... I don't know, like like we were saying, like maybe like Jingle, Mr. Jingles had him before and he was already out and all this stuff. But now it's just like, oh, he's just a ghost. <laughs> so kind of a little disappointing, but still cool in the same time. I like that he's corporeal because uh, it, it's just a nice little added uh, layer to his ghostage. So I, I thought that was kind of neat. It's fascinating that he can die over and over again. Like, you, you know, that that whole thing. Um, I, I thought this was a really neat revelation. Like, I was really, really here for it. Like, I was like, yes, so we've got ghosts, and it makes sense, because I was like, I thought he had died, because he was hung up on the door and whatnot, it looked like he was stabbed, but then he's not, and so now that uh, it was revealed that he's a ghost, I'm like, okay, that totally makes sense. And it adds sort of like another layer to this story and and i i like it a lot you know i I like that we're bringing in ghosts i like that um you know we're continuing on with that mythology that we were introduced to in the very first season of american horror story so uh, i was 100 percent here for this and i was really pumped like i was just like yes like when i saw this i was like yes yes he's a fucking ghost that's amazing which means it does open the door for um, surprises down the line. Like, it, is anyone else that we know here also a ghost? Um, you know, once someone dies, you know, they they are no longer dead. That's why I said earlier about the the doctor. You know, she could come back at a certain point as a ghost and give us more information and that kind of thing. So... Yeah, I was really, really here for this entire revelation. I was like, this is exciting for me. I like it. I love when they mix ghosts and stuff into it. So, uh, And yeah, it's just really interesting. So moving right along with this, uh, I want to tackle two conversations that Margaret had together. Because it's going to lead to a theory that we discussed in the previous podcast. And I feel like we had 100% confirmation I would say, maybe, at least for me. I'm 100% down for this now. So, uh, Richard Ramirez goes into uh, Margaret's cabin. She ends up finding him, and they have this entire talk. It was like a fucking bonding session, because um, Richard Ramirez is basically like, I've never had anyone listen to me before. And she's like, well, maybe you just need someone to believe in you and to listen, and this, that, or the other. Even though they um, they disagree on whom to follow, because he's all about Satan, she's all about God. But she explains her little ground rules of stuff. She's like, you know, if you believe, and, and if you believe and you use your faith, you can explain anything away. You know, you can explain the ghosts, you can explain acts of violence, and this, or that, or the other. And I was like... Hmm. Well, that's pretty damn interesting that you think that. And then, uh, and then what else did she say? And, uh, and she's basically wants to use Richard Ramirez to get rid of Jingles. 
and you know she's like no more killing but you know you need to find this jingles for me and uh they seem to have a really nice little time together there's a whole lot of uh, sexualness that's going on at least i it's felt totally it. like what how she's talking is she's making it okay for what she's doing you know what i mean like mm. because we've already thought that like this is what's going on it's like her saying this stuff is like mm-hmm yep for sure like but it's a little weird now that she has this um you know we thought that maybe she was working with mr jingles but now it's kind of weird for her telling richard ramirez to go after him unless she just thinks richard ramirez is gonna fail and like Mr. Jingles is just going to kill him regard, like regardless. Like, you know what I mean? She's like, you can't kill anybody else because those are for me and Mr. Jingles. But, like, I just need you to kill Mr. Jingles because I know that he's going to kill you anyways. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like it I may be I know what you mean, but I have my own little vibe. theory. I have my own little okay, theory about fine. what's going on. No, but it's like, I it's like very it, confusing though. because yeah. even, even in, um, in these flashbacks that we're having with... Um, is it Jonas? Mm-hmm. Um, when he was saying, you know, I saw you, I saw you um, at the camp, you know, it doesn't look like the way that she described it, that we're seeing it from him. So, I don't know. It's because, like, her being on the floor and, uh, you know, covered in blood and sh- he rips off her ear and stuff. That's not how we saw the flashback from Jonas. So it's a little, um, you know, suspicious, definitely. Um, but, yeah. So, I don't know. I, I liked this whole Ramirez and, and Margaret, um, you know, situation. I found, I found it very intriguing. But, yeah, definitely speculations right now. Definitely, definitely. Oh, totally. To continue on with what you're saying before I give my take on both the, the Ramirez uh, stuff and, and what I'm just going to mention right now. So uh, so Margaret is filled in about the Jonas situation. Margaret ends up finding Jonas and she's like, Jonas, it's it's you. And, and, and he recognizes her as well. And she's like, what year do you think it is? And he's like, 1970. And he has this immense guilt for running away. Because he's like, I should have saved them. I should have saved all of you. And we see flashes to that night, as you mentioned. And it isn't of Margaret on the floor. It, it is of Margaret sort of standing up, looking slightly evil-ish. Blood all over her. And she questions him, like, what did you see? How much did you see? And he's like, nothing. You know, I ran away to the phone. And then I, I, I ran to get, to, to, to just he just ran. And that's when he got hit by a car. And it turns out it was Mr. Jingles. And that's when Mr. Jingles kills him. So unless we're doing some sort of time trickery, like, that could not have been Mr. Jingles at the camp killing those kids. So I think the theory that we had, and, and now I'm, I'm going to flush it out a little bit more, I think Margaret woke up in the middle of the night. She saw that the counselors were having a threesome. I feel like her religious fanaticism took 
over, uh, whether she did it consciously or not, but um, she went nuts and she killed not only the counselors, but also the people in the cabin because they would have all been witnesses. And uh, yeah, so I 100% believe she did it. And much like what she was saying to Richard Ramirez, as you said, Maddie, uh, she uses this devout faith as um as as a means to um to uh to explain away you know that horrible act of violence that she did and also maybe to even explain away the current acts of violence that she might be doing yeah i I feel that way that she's just using all this and but i'm kind of wondering even if kids are coming you know what i mean or if she just planned to get these counselors or like, you know what I mean? I wonder if, you know, kids are coming is just a ruse. So. Well, she did tell know. Richard Ramirez that the kids were coming. Yeah. But is that, is that just, is a, that just a lie? Yeah. Motivation? I, you know, I do think because she sort of sent Richard Ramirez off to um, kill Jingles. I feel like Jingles is not a part of her deal at least. And I do now believe my theory that I said uh, in the previous podcast that she framed Jingles. Mm. Jingles might be a why killer. Is Jingles all doing all this stuff then? Well, Jingles might be a killer. Maybe she knew that Jingles was a killer. And so she framed Jingles for that particular set of murders. You know, she used him as a scapegoat since he was killing anyway. And, uh, and maybe he's after her you know, just because, um, not necessarily because she framed him. Well, well, because she framed him and because she put him away into a psychiatric hospital. So uh, it stopped him from being able to continue on his murder-death-kill spree type of thing. That's what I'm guessing. So I don't think they're working together at all. We will see. We will. It's hella interesting, though. Hella fascinating. Lots of revelations. Really interesting stuff. Um, yeah. Do you feel like... Um, do you feel like Margaret and Richard Ramirez are going to have sex? Oh, for sure. But I think... I don't, like, I don't even know because it's like... This night has to end sometime, right? Like, what could happen? It's... Yeah. I don't know. It's going fast, but it's also, you know... There's so much to cover. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Yeah. So, uh, I don't know what's going to happen between them, but there was certainly a connection there. There was. Uh, yeah. We got some flashbacks to Richard Ramirez, too. And, yeah, it was it was really fascinating. And uh, I, I like what Leslie Grossman is doing with the character. I know that in the previous podcast, she got a little flack from some of you. But uh, I feel like in this episode, she brought it. Would you agree, Maddie? Yeah, she's doing she's doing a lot better with it just because it's like I get that she's like sadistic in, in that way. Um, she's doing a I, I have a better uh, time believing her character now, if that makes sense. Because like I said before in the last podcast that it was hard for me to like get into this character for her. But now I'm kind of understanding or, or seeing her in this character. So nice. I like it. So, okay. So, our people have realized 
that there's a killer on the loose and that that whole Mr. Jingles, maybe even Richard Ramirez thing from Brooke must be real. So they decide that they need to flee because these counselors actually have some sort of brain cells because that's what you're supposed to do in uh, these uh, movies. You're supposed to run. And so they all get into the Scooby van and uh the mystery machine and they're ready to escape but rita shows up so let's talk about rita for a moment so earlier rita was jamming to the pointer sisters jump and uh, she gets visited by uh, mr jingles and uh that's all we saw and then we see rita she's a little bit bloodied and the car now doesn't work, but Rita has a car, and Trevor has a motorcycle, but Rita doesn't have her keys, and Trevor doesn't have his keys. So they all decide to split up, they split in half, to go and get their uh, keys and whatnot. So let's talk about this, Maddie, because I have a theory. And my theory, and I'm kind of sad about it, I think Rita's dead. Ooh. Ooh. Did I just blow your mind? A little bit. A little bit. I don't want it to be true because I like the character, but we didn't see what happened. I'm trying to remember mm-hmm. now. I didn't rewatch the episode. I usually like to watch these episodes twice, so maybe you might remember this, Maddie. Did we see that it was Mr. Jingles that attacked her? Or did we just hear yes. the keys jingling? Okay, so we no, saw... No, and he came in with a knife. Okay, okay, just making sure. That's what yeah. I thought. That's what I thought. Okay, And so... why would he also, like, just stab her and let her go away? But also, like, Rita could be a badass, but... Yeah, I'm trying but... to remember now. Did I, Did we see both her ears? Maybe not, because, like, her hair is kind of, like, down on that one side. Mm-hmm. Okay. But this would really suck if, like, eventually, like, they're all together or whatever, but they're all dead, but they don't know it. Like, that's going to (laughs) suck. I know, right? real bad. Yeah, that would be really interesting. So, yeah, I feel like Rita could be dead. Yeah. Which which makes me sad a bit. So, um, so I I hope not. I don't like that there's a high possibility that everyone's going to die. I don't like that. Because it's like, we just met all these characters. I feel like, I don't know. I just don't want these, I don't want them to die. I just feel like, you know, I'm rooting for them as like any horror movie. And I feel like this is the first time in American Horror Story where I'm actually like, no, don't kill them. Or like, you know, like cheering, hoping that the, the murderer doesn't kill people. I don't know if it's just because it seems more of like a slasher film. Um, instead of, you know, American Horror Story being like, oh, that person's dead now, or, you know, something like that. It just what we've seen before. But I just feel like I'm, I'm not wanting anyone to die in this, in this season. And I don't know if that's just because it's a slasher film, but yeah, I just, I don't want anybody to die now that you make me sad. I know. <laughs> I need to be dead. I'm really liking the characters too. So I feel you on that. Like, I don't know if I really want any of the characters to die either. Clearly they're going to have to, it is slasher you know, season, but, uh, I am really enjoying the character. So the idea 
of Rita being dead and being a ghost, it does make me sad, even though we just met Rita in the previous episode. So I, I, I feel like that is the deal, though. Like, if they're going to give us a surprise death or another reveal, I, I think it's going to be that Rita died and they're going to find her body or something like that. Well, it probably makes sense as to why they introduced Jonas being a ghost so early, too, like as well. For us to kind of focus on him, but not realize that anybody else could be a ghost as well. So, that makes sense. It sucks, but it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, so we're, we're, we, we aren't sure, but we think maybe Rita might be dead. So, they split up, and um, so uh, it's um, Xavier, Trevor, and Montana go to get the keys to his motorcycle they end up getting it and that's when um that's when trevor not trevor uh, xavier has his meltdown and then uh, the rest of them ray brooke rita and chet go to get her keys and initially they're they're all kind of freaking out like nobody wants to go in first and uh, they're like, Chet, you should go in. You're an Olympic athlete. And they're like, no. And so Brooke ends up going in. And they look around. Uh, they end up getting the keys. But both of them, both groups in their cabins, they they end up hearing someone. They hear keys jingling and whatnot. And then, you know, they have people trying to break in. So clearly, someone is trying to break in on um, on the the Rita side of things, and someone is trying to break in on uh, the uh, Trevor side of things, which is interesting because we do have at least two killers on the loose with Mr. Jingles and Richard Ramirez, and uh, I'm going to assume one of them will be a fake out though. Like, do you feel like one of them is going to be a fake out? What do you mean? Meaning, oh, like, like the doors? Yeah, yeah, someone's banging on the doors, but it's going to be like, Margaret. It might or be Margaret, yeah. Or, or um, the chef. Mm, yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah. But, like, does she stay there overnight, the chef? I would assume everyone's staying there overnight. If Rita's there. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So uh, we're left with a really great cliffhanger, I would say. It got me hella annoyed, though, because I was like, fuck, I have to wait an entire week to see what happens next. But it was a really good cliffhanger. I liked it. Uh, it was very suspenseful. I am wondering who's on the other side of the door, if, if it is um, both of our killers, like who's after who. Um, you know, would, uh, I guess, Ramirez be on the side with where Brooke is? Uh, is it Jingles, you know, attacking the other group? Uh, I did like that they explained a way sort of why they couldn't escape at that moment, at least, you know, uh, the fact that the car um, crashed and then I, I guess it wouldn't start up again. And then uh, not only did the car crash, but the car crashed into Margaret's car, which might mean that maybe Margaret's car will be out of commission as well. Possibly. Yeah, I have a, I have a feeling that no cars are going to work, um, especially since they couldn't find the keys um, from Rita's car. Oh, they couldn't find uh, the keys for Rita's. I wasn't sure if. Yeah, I don't think they found them. Um, 
so that's probably why Mr. Jingles went in there to make sure that maybe no one could get away. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're stuck. <laughs> they should just canoe. I know, right? That's funny. It was a great way to end the episode, though. It was very suspenseful. I liked it. Um, it reminded me a bit, once again, of Roanoke, because Roanoke had those cliffhangers at the end of the episode. So, yeah, it, it, it left me wanting more. And, uh, unfortunately, we have to wait a little bit. So, uh, any other thoughts on the episode, Maddie, before we move into MVP? Was there anything else that stood out to um, you? Any small I moments? Just, like I said, I just thought it was a little fast. Um, I didn't expect things to go as fast as they're going. Um, things that stood out to me, not much. That shower scene could have been a little bit longer, maybe. <laughs> That's funny. But, it's funny that they said at the start of the episode that there would be nudity. And I was like, I didn't see any nudity. I know. I was very upset. <laughs> Yeah, they didn't take advantage of the FX nudity standards. All right, Maddie. So now it is time for the MVP, the most valuable player. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again. So choose wisely. Maddie, who's your MVP and why? This is really hard. <laughs> um, it's kind of hard because like everyone was being such a scaredy cat <laughs> this episode. Like no one was really like brave and 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 you know stuff like that um ah uh, i'm gonna go with margaret oh you're horrible really i thought you oh, i'm so sorry you didn't even have one and you had to pick the one that i had just All go right. with like richard ramirez or something oh like okay go okay um yeah she was just really awesome this episode i really digged her character and i'm I want to know more of what happened, why she's doing this now. Clearly, there's something going on. Um, and I like the way that she can just easily manipulate a freaking serial killer. Like, that's insane. To be able to manipulate Richard Ramirez that quickly um, is incredible. So, kudos to her. Um, and... I would die if, like, the next episode, like, she's behind one of those doors and is like, Okay, yeah, I know you guys are scared, but everyone back to bed and like, because the kids are coming tomorrow. <laughs> like, I would kill if she said that. Um, but yeah, I think she's my MVP for being a strong woman. Definitely not on the good side that we want her to be on, but yeah, Margaret. Oddly enough, I am actually going to pick Richard Ramirez. And, and the reason is yeah. because of. Not only his scene with Margaret, but his scenes throughout the entire episode. It's really fascinating how they're taking a real-life person, uh, a serial killer, and uh, they're giving him, you know, the tragic backstory. And and they're fleshing his character out a lot in uh, this uh, season so far. You know, we've gotten a lot of information on the Night Stalker within these past two episodes. And the actor's doing a really good job with it. Like, I'm completely buying it. Um, I, I loved his chemistry with um, with Margaret. I also love his chemistry with Brooke. There's something there, and, and I don't know what it is. Um, I don't know if I want to call that sexual chemistry as well. But there's certainly something about him that's sort of fascinated by her. Because he traveled all this 
you know, uh, length, not length, but um, this distance to find her. So I think there's something about Brooke that he's fascinated by. Maybe that she bested him Yeah, or I feel something. like it's the, like the one that got away. Because Richard Ramirez was very much like that. Um, like his actual, like the person. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree that I think he has like some sort of vendetta towards her. Yeah, and maybe even a little bit of mutual respect as well. Like both. I think could be mixed in there a little bit. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm finding the actor really captivating. I, I'm enjoying his performance as Richard Ramirez. I still don't know what the hell they're going to do with this character uh, in this season, but it, it, it's, it's fascinating. You know, we've seen real life people on American Horror Story in the past, but usually they're kind of relegated to uh, like flashbacks to, to show us like the people that inspire the characters in the present day uh i feel like and i'm trying to remember uh well we had james march in hotel so he was he was a he's a real life person that was in the present uh, as well um so so maybe this isn't the first time but i feel like it's been a while since we've had sort of like a, a more historical figure come well, this in. could also be like this could be like the younger version of Richard Ramirez like you know what I mean because like in hotel he wore his glasses like he looked a little older like it could be the way that like that's what how they're playing this you know what yeah. I mean so I agree with you on that but it, it's really interesting what they're doing with the character I'm I'm here for it so now it's time to rate the episode how would you rate this episode on a scale of one to ten keys the point system is allowed and if you found the episode exceptional deserving of more than a ten you may grant it the coveted golden key and yes you may jingle it Maddie? I'm going to give this episode, I'm going to say a seven and a half. Seven and a half keys. What? Seven keys and a broken key. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> um, just because, like I said, this episode was extremely fast for me and we're losing like brand new characters right off the bat. So it's kind of jarring to me. Um, but I'm giving it oh, like over a five just because I'm so excited for what's going to happen next and because we're getting so much m new information um, that I think can really help us figure out what uh, the end result of this season is going to be. But I think the first season was, or the first season, the first episode was way better than this episode. So yeah, a 7.5. Okay. I feel like you manipulated me like Margaret manipulated Richard. Oh Harris, my God. Because I thought you were going to go higher. That's interesting. Well, I'm going to give it a nine. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I feel like this is a very rewatchable episode. I loved uh, the revelations. I feel like the revelations alone sort of uh, kicked it up a lot for me. I love that they're bringing in ghosts. I liked getting the backstory of um, three of our characters with uh, Brooke Richard Ramirez, Xavier, and we got a lot of information that I think is really important from Jonas as well. I think uh, a lot of what he said moving forward is going to be stuff that's going to be really important. So, uh, yeah, and, and we got a cliffhanger. Uh, I feel like one of the characters might be dead. We saw a couple of other deaths, and they were all really gory and um, just spectacular and their own sort of way so yeah i'm gonna give it a nine i liked it a lot so uh 
On that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Are You Afraid 1984. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for Are You Afraid? 1984 and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. My co-host, please wish the listeners a good night. Good night, everyone. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Are You Afraid 1984 every Friday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Papichulo Radio Archives. Good night.